This is the Gospel for Life, where we have four Treasure Valley pastors committed to showing that the gospel is not just for that religious part of your life, but for all of life. You never graduate from the gospel. Around the table today is Russell Herman, pastor at Cloverdale United Reformed Church, Jonathan Van Hoogen from Dayspring United Reformed Church, Vinny Hanke from Valley Life Community Church, and Ryan Hemphill from Treasure Valley Reformed Presbyterian Church. To catch earlier broadcasts, just search The Gospel for Life wherever you subscribe. To find out more about this ministry and about our annual conference, go to ReformationBoise.com. Welcome back to The Gospel for Life. Once again, we just want to remind you that if you have feedback or ideas or questions or topics that you want us to engage with you with, you can send those via email, thegospelforlifeidaho at gmail.com. We appreciate those that have engaged with us, and we look forward to engaging with the other 10 listeners um, that are out there um, that maybe want to drop us a line. This is our last show in a series of shows that we've been addressing different belief systems of what is known as progressive Christians. It really is. I'm going back to what used to be called liberalism. Um, Machen wrote a book back in 1923 um, called Christianity and Liberalism, where he was addressing some of these same type of general ideas and concepts. They've, they've changed over time, um, how they manifest themselves, but the underlying belief is the same, um, which really is just uh, challenging the authority and sufficiency of the Word of God. Um, as Vinny had pointed out, it, it's taking that which is should be prominent, the vertical, and making it secondary um, and elevating the horizontal um, above the vertical. Um, but I believe that that begins by undermining the the, the Word of God, mm. the sufficiency of the Word, the authority of the Word, the necessity of the Word, and making human practices and behaviors and beliefs more important than that. And then once you abandon the sufficiency or authority of the Word of God, everything's up for grabs. And hopefully you've kind of seen that as we've gone through these different principles of the progressives. Um, I want to just once again mention the book that kind of has helped guide us through this, which is Michael Kruger's The Ten Commandments of Progressive Christianity. And today we get to number 10, which is that life in this world is more important than the afterlife. And what they mean by this is that you don't really have to worry about what happens after death because we don't know what will happen anyway. All that matters is this world, helping the poor, feeding the hungry, and relieving human suffering. So, lots of things wrong here. Where do you want to begin? I think the violation that it does to the gospel, why did Jesus come to die, if not to secure the eternal life of those whom God had chosen? He should have just continued on doing his ministry for another 70 years, alleviating temporary needs and and the broken things in the Roman culture and modeling himself as a moral example. This one frustrates me probably more than the others. This one, yeah, I think is, uh, you could in some way, like look at the others and, you know, I think in, in some of them anyway, in past episodes, we talked about how there's an element of truth, you know, to consider and to weigh. This one is, it betrays the fact that progressive Christianity is not Christianity at all. 
if we are focusing all on this life, then we can no longer call ourselves Christian. Uh, to completely abandon how Jesus taught about the age that is to come and the life that is mm-hmm. to come and his kingdom that is to come and the preparation we're to make for his, the fullness of his kingdom being throughout all the earth. And um, it's just, and, and Vin, like Vinita said, why did he come? You know, the, the popular book a while back called, you know, your best life now, if our best life is now, then we're to be the most pitied. And uh, our best life is the age to come. And when we consider, you know, keeping the afterlife in focus is what makes the sufferings of this life bearable. Mm-hmm. Because as long as our life is here, even if, you know, we're hearkening back here to the Old Testament, even if we're Methuselah and we live for almost a thousand years, um, our life is a drop in the bucket compared to eternity. Yeah. So This belief system of progressives really reminds me, <laughs> reminds me of existentialism. Um, I don't know if any of you have ever read Albert Camus' book, um, The Plague. Um, incredible novel, awful philosophy towards life. Um, so the book is about really uh, just telling a story with in existentialism embedded um, into the characters. And so you're supposed to look at the story and um, Dr. Richelieu and see in him this man that is defying um, the human suffering that's all around him and living um, for the moment, living knowing that his his life is valued because of his love for his fellow um person that's beside him and the whole idea about existentialism is 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 there isn't a tomorrow there isn't an eternity your value your life your your worth is determined by how you live in the in the here and now Mm -hmm. and and when i hear this from progressives um i i just hear not christianity i i hear existentialism Mm -hmm. um in existentialism itself as a philosophy as you progress through it it just gets darker and darker and darker Mm -hmm. until you have people just suicidal and nothingness i mean there is no point uh to life if this is it and we will not be remembered i mean what does it matter that i help my neighbor with some problem they're having with their car if everything's in it i'm just going to die and who cares you just end up living for yourself when you talk about Christianity, we talk about the gospel, and the, the, the gospel is that in Jesus Christ, we can have the forgiveness of sins. But if, if that's all it is, then you've, you've missed, I actually think, the heart of, of Christianity. Right. Mm-hmm. The heart of, of Christianity is that our sins are forgiven, and we're given the, the righteousness of Jesus Christ mm. so that we can be restored into full fellowship and communion with the great triune God that created us. If you're, if you're listening a couple of days ago, we got really excited about coming to theology. Why? Yeah. Because we believe in God's promise that he is going to be our God, that we would experience eternity with the creator of everything, mm-hmm. that all of the answers will be made known to us through his character and the experience of him forever and ever and ever and ever. That's exciting. Yeah. And, and, you know, in this discussion too, I mean, yes, we need to keep the afterlife in view and the goal, but that should reflect then in our life here. Yes. It, it shouldn't be a either or, but it's a both and. And our goal in helping those in need as we have opportunity is that we might be an avenue to bring them to Christ 
that their greater need would be met. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as you're talking, I'm thinking back to you know, you know college days, and I can remember a song that was played, and it had a line in it: "Only one life will soon be passed. Yes. Only once done for Christ, Christ will last." last. Yep. That's really and and when we're talking about things lasting, that's eternity. You, you've mentioned uh, that you know you made the comparative that you know that this life is just a, like an infinitesimal dust speck compared to eternity well actually there's no comparison right. to eternity because <laughs> you know, this ends that goes on forever and and uh, martin luther said that he only had two days on his calendar and it was today and that day yes Today is important. That day is the one I'm living for. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I have to keep both days on my calendar, today and that day. Mm. On Sunday morning, we sang um, the song, the hymn, It Is Well With My Soul. Sorry, Ryan. That's well, um, okay. <laughs> all, speaking back to our previous uh, right in his uh, face. thing, I'll just I'll overlook that offense. Okay. <laughs> right in his face. Um, and I commented after we sang the song, I said, I, I'm not sure what I find more amazing. That my sin, not in part, but the whole, um, was nailed to the cross and I bear it no more. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. But I'm not sure if that's more amazing than the fact that someday the trump will sound. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'll behold Jesus Christ in all of his glory. Um, mm-hmm. I, I don't know which is greater, but one can't be had without the other. Mm-hmm. That because my sin has fully been paid for, I will see Jesus Christ in all of his beauty. And I won't just get to see him. I'll see him without sin, with my sin. My sin will no longer mar my view of him. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's that future thought. He that has this hope in him purifies himself. I'm living for that day. I mean, there's a, I have that very hope. And so that changes how I live right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's this hope. It's this good news that we get excited and, and, and pushes us to share the gospel with others because the greatest need that people were living horizontal lives with is to be vertically reconciled to their creator. Mm-hmm. Christ came not to save us from hunger or poverty or disease. Those things one day will be over, mm-hmm. but ultimately Christ came to save us from the wrath of God. Yeah. Knowing so the fear of God, we, yes. knowing the fear of God, we persuade men. I mean, we, 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 we understand that they, you know, you know, it's appointed once to die after that, the judgment. And so we were persuading men of that very thing. This life matters. Uh, the choices in this life affect the life to come. And as far as we know, um, Jesus himself, while he was here on earth, he lived a life of poverty. I mean, he was not a wealthy man. He did not have a lot of things. He was always provided for because he, I mean, he faith in his father and, and, uh, all of his needs were met, but he was, he was not one who focused on making sure his physical needs were met. And, uh, he had to the view of accomplishing our salvation. Yeah. And the, the fact of the matter is, is, as Jonathan mentioned earlier, because of our relationship with Jesus Christ and our sure hope of heaven, and all that awaits and the promises that are ours and, and all of this richness does affect how we live in the here and now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, every time the the next, uh, every time eternity is mentioned in the word of God, there is a direct application to how we live on this side of eternity, that it affects mm-hmm. how we engage with our neighbor. It affects how we live in relationship um, to other people, to things. Um, so the idea that being heavenly minded 
makes you no earthly good is not a biblical framework. And um, the biblical framework would be that being heavenly minded is exactly what makes you worth something on this side of eternity. Yeah, mm-hmm. It gives how, your life purpose. That's how Jesus yeah. taught us to pray. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That, mm-hmm. That's living out that eternal life that we anticipate and trying to make it as present and near us now as we can. Or Paul saying, forgetting what lies behind, but looking forward and pressing on towards the upper call of God in Christ Jesus, you know, forgetting what lies behind, but then looking towards the reward in heaven. And that leads to a life of obedience and doing what Jesus had said. And Paul is is pretty strong with the the church at Thessalonica. Right. Mm -hmm. If you just think that your life is about the hereafter, then shame on you. No, you're you're not just sitting around waiting for for Jesus to return. Work, engage, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, do kingdom work, mm-hmm. and it's a pretty strong mm-hmm. corrective um, for those that are saying that the afterlife doesn't matter for the here and now. I don't know if it's a true statement, but someone said that Martin Luther uh, was questioned if uh, Christ was going to come tomorrow, what would he do? And and the answer back was he would plant a tree today. I'm not sure, but that gets to the point that, you know, we we are act, you know, we're not just, you know, sitting around waiting for the return. We are actually working toward that end, uh, you know, in our own lives and communicating that with, with others. You know, the only alternative is to slap a, you know, on the, on your bumper sticker, you know, he who dies with the most toys wins. And, uh, and that is such a pathetic yep. view of life. Hopefully this series has been helpful. We would commend once again Michael Kruger's book, The Ten Commandments of Progressive Christianity, to, as a, a helpful follow-up to what we've talked about. It's a short book. A very 50, short. 55 pages. Yeah. You can read it in an afternoon, Sunday afternoon. Well, we'll see you next time. Good to be with you.